I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Capacity and staffing challenges from ongoing COVID surges combined with patients returning for delayed care are pushing some hospitals to the brink. On today's episode of GIST Healthcare Daily, we hear from Dr. Greg Miller, an emergency medicine physician and the chief medical officer of medical staffing firm Vituity. It's Monday, September 27th, and I'm Alex Olkin with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. In parts of the country with ongoing COVID surges, hospitals are under enormous strain. It's not just the COVID patients that are requiring long hospital stays, but hospitals are simultaneously dealing with staffing shortages. Add in the patients that are coming back in for care that they put off during the pandemic, who are now sicker, and it's adding another layer of strain, pushing some hospitals to the brink. Just recently, hospitals in Alaska and Idaho have had to ration care. Others, like Salt Lake City-based Intermountain Healthcare, have put a pause on non-emergent care. Here's CEO Mark Harrison at a press conference earlier this month. Let me be clear. The surgical cases we're going to pause are not minor procedures that are trivial, that are purely elective. These are urgent but not immediately life-threatening cases. If you think of the healthcare system like a hose, there are now multiple bulges that are preventing patients from flowing through like normal. And that has added up to sicker patients coming to more crowded emergency departments with less staff to care for them. To get a sense of the situation on the ground, I talked to Dr. Greg Miller. He's the chief medical officer of multi-specialty group Vituity that provides staffing for hospitals. I was just talking with a colleague of mine in Idaho and another one in Ohio, uh, and both of them were talking about how difficult it has been to deliver care to patients in the emergency department. Your emergency department is taking up with ICU patients who should be upstairs, but there's no room upstairs. Your waiting room is where you're delivering emergency care for the patients who normally would be in the emergency department. And then the parking lot is sometimes where these patients who normally would be in the waiting room would be. Uh, so everybody's kind of pushed out one step from where they where they should be to get the best care. Emergency department volumes have swung dramatically across the pandemic. Early in the spring of 2020, they dropped precipitously. And doctors weren't seeing the normal emergencies they were used to, like heart attacks and strokes. Volumes stayed below normal levels for months until early this year. 
Miller, who also practices emergency medicine at Swedish Edmonds Hospital north of Seattle, says now the patient mix in the emergency department has changed. The patients who are coming back are higher acuity than they were before. And that's for a number of reasons. I think some patients have discovered telehealth. And so some of the lower acuity patients that would come to the emergency department for medication refills uh, or other low acuity issues are now able to access care through telehealth. So we're not seeing those patients and the patients that we're still seeing are the older, sicker patients. So that's one reason. The second reason is I think the communities are just sicker now than they were before. And I don't have good evidence to back that up. But the patients that I see, you know, they're coming in a day or two later than they might have otherwise. Uh, they've missed outpatient care for a couple weeks or a couple months that they might have otherwise received earlier. Physicians are still trying to quantify the impact of all of this delayed care. One recent review published in the JAMA Network Open found fewer cancer diagnoses over the last year. Authors raised concerns this could mean that once people finally do get care, they'll be further along in their cancer. Miller says he's seeing that in the emergency department. I'll give an example that a patient who'd had cancer years ago that had been treated uh, and he'd had a mass recur um, and he waited and waited and waited, couldn't really get into primary care, couldn't get back into oncology, and then ultimately came into the emergency department with this mass. We did a CAT scan and found that it had spread to his bones. And, you know, had he been able to access care right away, um, maybe he wouldn't have, his cancer might not have metastasized uh, by the time it was formally re-diagnosed. So while all of these sicker patients are coming back to emergency departments, Miller says hospitals are struggling to find enough staff. Support staff are leaving acute care facilities. They're retiring early. Uh, they're moving to outpatient settings. They're moving outside of healthcare. And without enough staff, physicians are spending more time on other tasks. We're changing bed sheets a little bit more than we would otherwise. We're going out, you know, in the waiting room and delivering care in the waiting room. Um, we're maybe doing some more phone calls on our own that maybe a unit secretary might have done. Uh, just trying to offload the staff where we can. Since this doesn't sound sustainable, I asked Miller about the outlook. How does he think hospitals will fare over the next several months as COVID ebbs and flows in certain regions? What's going to surge is your inpatient demand, right? These are sick patients who need beds and need more ICU beds. And for a hospital that has maybe 20 ICU beds, uh, five more ICU patients is just going to break the system, right? Even though it's just five patients, that's a 25% increase in demand right there. Um, so just small numbers of these patients place enormous burden on ICUs, pediatric ICUs, pediatric beds as well. And so we're kind of, we've always been kind of on a knife's edge and we are completely dropped off the other side of that curve now dealing with, um, with overwhelming volume, even though the absolute numbers don't seem that big. So then when the surge goes down in that, in that community, uh, you know, the, the regular ER volume will come back, you know, the sprained ankles and the broken bones, et cetera. A lot of the lower acuity patients, hopefully will have found other avenues for care through telehealth. And hopefully those patients find more appropriate places for them to get care that's cheaper and better for everybody. But what we're gonna be left with in the emergency department long-term is a higher case acuity mix. Like we're gonna see probably the same number of patients as we were seeing before, but they're just gonna be sicker. And we're gonna be trying to staff those emergency departments with metrics and benchmarks that were established in 2018, 2019 for a very different population. Uh, so we're gonna be relatively understaffed and under-resourced uh, for, the, for the amount of acuity that's in an ED.
That was Dr. Greg Miller, emergency medicine physician and chief medical officer for multi-specialty practice and medical staffing company, Vituity. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.